As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. This episode is brought to you today by Gusto. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for modern small businesses. You no longer have to be part of a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and a great service to take care of your team. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. You sign up today, you will get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com slash rocket ship again gusto.com slash rocket ship well it's that time of year again isn't it mike it sure is isn't it should we say it together on three <laughs> all right yeah let's do it okay one two three the customer interviews season. wait wait what what did you say <laughs> wait what did you just say <laughs> i said it's the holiday season christmas hanukkah new year's you know the whole end of the year 
Oh, well, it is the holiday season, I guess. I said customer interviews. Of course you did. Um, (laughs) I take it that today's interview must be about customer interviews. That's a very good guess. It sure is. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. But you are right. It is the holiday season, and I hope you've been having a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, uh, I'm actually looking forward to taking some time off, spending it with family. Um, Something I haven't gotten a chance to do a lot this year. Nice. Well, that sounds like a very good thing to do. I am looking forward to spending time with my family as well. And actually, my partner, Paul, um, his family and my family, we're all going to go to Great Wolf Lodge together. Um, so it'll be wow. fun. His his wife and kids will be there, my wife and kids, and be a little, little bit of time away from the office. Oh, which... By the way, Great Wolf Lodge is like this indoor, giant indoor water park. So it will be oh, that fun awesome. to go down some water slides in the wintertime. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And aside from that, um, yeah, I mean, just really gearing up for the 2019 conferences that we have, conducting some attendee interviews. Wait, so you were serious about the customer interviews. You've been doing some of these even during the holidays? Yeah. Well, not like on the holidays. I'm not doing customer interviews on Christmas, but, but yeah, for sure. We've definitely been doing them. We do them year round, whether it's like right after one of the conferences or even several months out. And actually it's pretty fitting because again, this episode, it's going to focus all on customer interviews. So you've been waiting to release this for a while, right? Yes. I actually chatted with Vidya Dinamani, who is a product coach based in San Diego, probably over a year ago. Um, I had another podcast at that time, Build, Launch, Scale, but I've been sitting on this one, just waiting for the right time to release it. And I figured now is as good of time as any to really get this one out there. Very cool. And Vidya is a a product coach. I I imagine she's well-versed in customer interviews then. Yes. Well, she's well-versed at all things product, but customer interviews, they actually seem to be like one of her specialties. And in fact, I'll play a little clip of Vidya starting to compare customer interviews to just some other activities that a product person could be taking part in to learn from their customers. We all use all of these different methods like focus groups and surveys and ethnographic studies and research observations. They all have their place. But I think As a product person, customer interviews are like invaluable uh, because, you know, you gain empathy. It's it's really the the most direct way of understanding the problem, understanding your customer and being able to get that one on one information. And with that, you can make these decisions on how you want to move forward. So without that direct interview, that direct sort of sit down face to face, look someone in the eye, watch their body language. Um, be able to actually interact and gain empathy. I mean, I think that's a heart and you start there. Everything else has its place, but the interviews are the core. And well, she is preaching to the choir, right? You obviously love conducting your attendee interviews. We've even heard you sitting alongside Bob Mesta earlier this year doing customer interviews. Mostly it's just because it helps me understand our attendees. I mean, these are the people that are coming to the conference. These are the people we're trying to serve. And the more I could know about them, the better we could serve them. Yeah. And and I do too, for, for the same reasons. Of course, there are some that are a bit more cynical, right? I, I've certainly heard more criticism of customer interviews. Some people say things like, well, your customers can't tell you what they want. So why spend time asking them? No, I have definitely heard that sentiment too. But a good customer... It, 
interview isn't really about asking them what they want, is it? No, no. And by the way, Vidya, she has heard that criticism too. And she actually has an answer for that. Customer interviews are really listening to what people need. So it's not really what they say they want. You know, it takes a lot of really close listening. It takes a lot of patience. It's asking a lot of whys to get to what's underneath because people, it's absolutely true. People are not going to necessarily tell you what it is that they need, but in listening to why they want it, what they want, how they want it, all of that is going to give you insight, right? That's kind of where the magic of product management comes in, is to to listen, to watch, um, to understand behavior, to kind of like, you know, put some insights together and go, I've got an aha here that, that this could be the solution. This could be sort of directionally the answer to what this person's actually saying they want. So it's all about needs and interviews are the way to get to needs. So I'm a believer in customer interviews, but I do know that sometimes the challenge is finding the right person or customer. Sometimes it's easy to go to your noisiest customer, right? Because, you know, they're top of mind. Yeah. And, you know, we could ask ourselves, should we even be going to customers at all? Or, you know, maybe not all the time. Should we go to non-customers, people that we're not selling to yet, but we want to be selling to them. They fit our personas. Did you ask video who makes for the best customer interview subjects? Well, yes, but... I'm going to give you a lame answer, which is it depends. You know, if you're into product discovery and you're looking at something brand new, then you've defined maybe a target persona and you're looking at people that you don't really understand and you're trying to get to know them better. If you've got a product in the field, you know who's your current customer. And to your question of like, do I go to fans? Do I go to critics? Well, I think it really, again, you want a mix. You want a mix of people who are going to give you honest feedback and you want to be able to hear different perspectives and that's where you go back to the script if you're asking exactly the same questions and you've got a very clear idea of who you're talking to then whether it's fans or critics or a mix what you're going to do is get feedback and you want to ask open-ended questions you want to get a range of information that's how you'll derive the, the insights that we really care about through these interviews so you know whether it's new market new product existing product maybe something is going wrong um, maybe you're about to launch figure out who it is whether it's prospects whether it is existing customers whether it's people that are promoters or detractors and, and figure out, based on your persona and what it is that you want to learn, who exactly you should talk to. So who they are is less important than what it is that you want to learn. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you today by Gusto. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially for small businesses. You don't have the time to be an expert on things like taxes and regulations. And there are old school payroll providers that exist, but they're just not built for the modern business. Gusto is making payroll benefits and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy to get things right. Now, again, there is some competition for Gusto out there, but Gusto actually has a lot of things going for them. 
PC Mag and Fit Small Business, they've called Gusto the best payroll for small businesses. Gusto makes payroll a breeze. In fact, nine out of 10 users say Gusto is easier to use than other payroll solutions. And Gusto definitely saves you time. 72% of customers, they actually spend less than five minutes to run payroll. I know a lot of people that spend way more. Gusto is reliable. Four out of five customers actually reduce payroll errors after switching. And if you don't believe it, just Google it. People love Gusto. And how often do you actually love your payroll provider? Almost never. Most small businesses, they don't have an HR expert, but you don't need one to use Gusto. With great software and great service, you can focus on your business, not on your payroll or your paperwork. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. Sign up today and you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com forward slash rocket ship. That's gusto.com forward slash rocket ship. Now, back to the show. Ah, so it depends. Well, you know, fair enough, right? There's there's no silver bullet. Uh, but let's break down what actually goes into a good interview. We've heard other takes on this, like from Bob Mesta. But for Vidya, what does she think? Does her take on it differ from Bob's? Well, it not necessarily differ. I mean, like for Vidya, she doesn't really advocate for any specific plan, so long as you have a plan. Biggest thing for me for a great customer interview is a methodology. And I know that sounds kind of weird because I just talked about empathy and I talked about interaction. But if you want to have a great interview, you need to have a plan and you need to be really clear on what it is that you want to learn. So I think about it as three steps. First, get a learning plan together. Know exactly what it is that you're looking to to get out of this interview. Uh, have an understanding of who it is that you're talking to. So whether that was a screener before, it's a persona, something, have an understanding of the person you're talking to. And then the third thing is have a script, right? Know exactly what you're going to ask, know which order, don't go off script. It's the simplest thing. But if you want a great interview and you want to have something that you can use at the end of this interview, without those three things, something's going to go wrong. Okay, so we've identified the type of person we're going to interview. They fit nicely into one of our key personas. We have a plan in place. We have our script in place. You're sounding pretty prepared so far. But how many of these will we need to do before we're really getting insights? I remember when you were talking about your best new feature at industry being the conference notes, and you went so far as to hire a professional journalist to take notes on each talk so that the attendees, they didn't have to worry about it. And I remember you saying that came from one single interview that you did. Yes. Well, that's sort of true. I mean, the aha moment that we had, that did come from one interview, but really we did hear the pain points that led to that in several interviews that we did. And that's a good thing because Vidya, she recommends that you conduct at least several interviews before you're making any sort of conclusions. It's so tempting. If you hear what you want to hear after one interview, you're like, that's it. I've got it. But generally, and we get asked this a lot, is a rule of thumb is about five to seven, right? So usually within four to five interviews, you're starting to see themes. You're starting to kind of hear some things repeating. Um, you're starting to see some, some directions forward. Or, you know, maybe you've answered a question and you've got another big question because the same thing keeps coming up over and over again. So what, what I suggest is like, don't be hasty. Don't make any decisions before you get to five to seven. If you're not hearing themes, it's probably because you're too broad 
or maybe you've got too many different types of personas, your, your segment's too large, and you've got to narrow down again. But rule of thumb, you tend to get a pretty good sense. And it's, you know, remember these are scrappy interviews. This isn't statistically significant data. This is for you to get a sense of what am I trying to learn? What are my customers telling me? And do I have a direction forward, right? Do I, did I um, understand my hypothesis and I validated it? Or do I need to go back and learn something else? So it really is, all of these interviews are a path to what am I going to do next? And usually after five to seven, you have a pretty good sense. At least that's been my experience. That first interview that a product person does, I could see that as setting the tone for the others, right or wrong. You hear something from an interview and already your antenna goes up a bit, right? Maybe expecting to hear that from the other interviews. Yes. And that could lead you to some false positives. I mean, you could be so preoccupied with listening for something specific that you might miss something else too. Or like you would interpret something that the customer says is confirming a bias that you've already gotten from that first interview. Yes. And you'd definitely be making a big mistake if you did that. And actually, Vidya talks about this and other mistakes that product people make that I definitely know I've made in the past. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of mistakes. And believe me, like I've made them all. So this isn't a observing and and here's all the terrible mistakes people make. We all do it, right? Um, You know, some of them are like, you know, you can really you can get a bit defensive you know this is kind of your product this is your baby this is the new feature that you love and you put a lot of thought into it and when you're not really hearing what you're expecting you can start explaining so an interview kind of goes more into a demo mode so i think that's probably the most common when i see product managers and again i've done it is to go in there and start explaining what you've done and like oh no 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 no, you don't understand if you only this um, other mistakes are going straight from a couple of interviews into solutions. So you, you get directional information, right? You're really trying to get to what customer needs and insights are. There's more work to do, whether it's tests or whether it's more interviews, you know, jumping too fast until I've got the answer. Other things are not really having a clear idea of what to learn. So we talked a little bit about the most important thing for a great customer interview is a plan. If you don't know what it is that you're trying to learn, it's really kind of a waste of time. And if an interview is checking the box, don't do it because you want to be really clear on what your objective is. Um, I guess the last one that I'd say is that the most common mistake is not doing anything with the data. So you've done all these great interviews and then it's business as usual. So I think it's really important to share it, to talk about it, to get it out there, to to be with your team um, and to actually integrate what you've learned as a story into what you're going to do next so people actually see the value and and it gives you you know it, it builds credibility it allows you to tell stories it allows you to to really have support for the kind of decisions that you're making oh yeah i i've made some of those mistakes too well you know what i've been there michael so it's okay we could just move forward okay okay here we are we're moving forward well i'll let vidya move us forward by giving us some Parting advice for product people when it comes to conducting customer interviews. Don't make customer interviews a big deal. Like just get scrappy, like just figure out the biggest thing you need to learn. And then instead of jumping to a prototype or a test, go talk to somebody and like have a plan, write out a few questions, figure out your hypothesis, and then just go figure out by talking to someone. Like just don't do anything before you've talked to somebody. Get scrappy, get a plan in place. 
Look, just go talk to somebody. I love it. Yes. To get started, it it really is as simple as that. And of course, you're going to make mistakes, but the only way that you can learn from those mistakes and start conducting the perfect customer interview is to actually conduct your first interview. So yeah, go out there and talk to somebody. Well, this is something that we can all make as a resolution for a better 2019. Ah, the good old New Year's resolutions. <laughs> and on that note... Have a great Christmas, Mike, and a happy new year, too. Thank you, Michael. You, too. And to everybody else, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and we'll see you in 2019. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It's your support that keeps the show going. Rocketship.fm is now part of the Podglomerate Network. If you want to learn more about the other shows on the Podglomerate Network, go to thepodglomerate.com. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. If you go to productcollective.com, you can check out live video interviews, sign up for our newsletter, be a part of our Slack group with over 6,000 product people. Just check it out at productcollective.com. 